0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Jesse. I'm Tomahome.
2: I'm Julie from Forgotten Classics. And I'm Jenny from Reading Envy.
0: Welcome aboard. Hello. Thanks. Good morning. So... We're going to be talking about the Moten God's Eye by Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell.
2: What do you guys think? Yeah, (laughs) because I have always loved the aliens in it and the uh, first contact scenarios from both sides.
0: Yeah, well, I I think it's uh, an excellent first contact book, Um, and it's it's kind of strange that it is from both sides because mostly it's not. Mostly it's from the human side. But mm-hmm. there's a little bit from the alien side
2: yeah I was surprised to see yeah, that never, this time reading it through they 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 go oh now how are they are they mediators are they you know which is jumping yeah. ahead
0: mm-hmm well we can jump right ahead um, i would I would like to point out that this is the second time i I've read this book I, I didn't finish it the oh. first time but second mm-hmm. time I read it and I thought of a lot of a lot more um, Uh, a lot of other things than I did the first time. Um, And I thought of it as a first contact story uh, the first time, and I thought, oh, wow, these aliens are great, as usual. Larry Niven uh, makes great aliens, um, very alien aliens. But I I thought of a lot of other stuff that is less uh, related to that, and some of it's related to Theodore Sturgeon. Um, You guys saw he did a review of this book, um, but did you guys know uh, about his his early story called Microcosmic God?
2: No. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I had the
1: uh, Science Fiction Hall of Fame, and, and it's in there. Have you read it? It's uh,
0: Yes. It's fantastic. It's got a really neg- negative protagonist, very uh, bastard of an evil scientist protagonist, very old-fashioned uh, sense of wonder science fiction. But it's also, um, uh, it's actually, I think, if I'll tell you the premise of that story, it's a, basically there's this scientist, an evil genius inventor, who decides um, that uh, because he's he's amassed so much wealth from all his inventions um, that the only thing that could make him a better inventor would be to have uh, to invent a better inventor, and so he decides to create um, a society in a basically a bottle. Um, and develop the the creatures that he has um, invented to surpass him in uh, in ingenuity and engineering and all the you know, wonderful things that he's good at. He's going to make them better than him by being a cruel a cruel god. And so he he has this. I guess it's like a vacuum chamber. And he he creates a, uh, a bacterial culture in there and and increases the the generation speed and soon uh, a, a small group of these um, bacteria develop a society and um, try to defeat all the problems that he forces upon them, uh, including like uh, sterilization and. Uh, earthquakes, <laughs> all the horrible things that this guy can think of to try to uh, make, make these creatures um, stronger and more intelligent. And, um, uh, of course, they eventually do become very powerful. And whenever he, he sees they develop a new technology, he's got his microscope out and he's seeing it how they're constructing it and he just takes their ideas and makes them in the macro world his world. And uh, I think that that's sort of very parallel to what's going on in the, the moat. What do you guys think? You mean with the mini-Modis? Uh, no, I mean with... No, the, what you're talking... What? No? How's it similar? Well, um, remember... I'm just stupid. No, the Modis uh, live in a bottle. They can't get mm-hmm. out of it. Um, and their society has been crippled by uh, their need to reproduce. At uh, a certain rate. And if they don't reproduce, they die. So they always over exhaust their their supply. And because of that, they've been forced to uh, develop greater and greater engineering and and emotional and all sorts of skills that surpass all the human ingenuity. Right. That's what the humans are very um, upset about is is that these modis are just so much more advanced than they are in every specialization.
3: But it sounds like in your short story the person who did the creation had ultimate control. And I think right. that it's the opposite for the humans. The humans at the end. Yeah. Well the humans know that it would only be a matter of time before the Modis would just completely overwhelm them, you know, because of that breeding thing.
2: <laughs> well, uh just well, spoilers it, for everything. Uh, don't worry about <laughs> yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Just um, yes.
2: you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But um the certainly certainly uh it, it, it it's i guess i would think that sturgeon must have recognized that that that's what's happening i don't think uh this is necessarily what um niven and Purnell intended I, su-
2: I suppose but you know you could make that argument about people stuck on earth in a story cuz we can't get off you can i mean um it, to me, the point of that story is the person's manipulating of the other people. I mean, now, I don't know if that's really the point of the story at the end, but the way you told it. And I don't see that going on here. What I see going on here is two such alien concepts to each species. You know, they encounter each other and go, I never would have thought of that, a species Yeah, like the
0: it. humans didn't create the monies. Yeah,
2: and they're not actually trying to control them, although I guess they could in, you know, future times. But they are trying to um, the At the end of the book, they're just trying to, how do we deal with this situation?
0: Yeah, but they, you know, they are trying to control them. They say, you know, we're going to make you a colony, or we're going to wipe you out, or we're going to...
2: Well, know. that's the situation of, that's what I kind of thought was interesting, too, is it's not, but they're not deliberately coming to that. They're just going, wow, we always thought aliens would contact us and decide our fate. Instead, mm. we're unwillingly put in this situation of we have control, and that's why they're, Putting together this team of all these very different sorts of attitudes, which was something I liked, even though the characters, as most people point out, are not very rounded. And that to me is a Larry Niven thing. He's, he doesn't worry about that. Um, but you I've seen you got, pancakes that are rounder. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> was that your quote or are you quoting? No, I suspect? saw that on Goodreads. Uh uh-huh.
2: But the, um, but you know, you've got, the scientific type who's like, we should welcome them into the world community or the universal community. No evil could come of this. And then you've got the <laughs> admiral who's like, oh, I am keeping them under my guns. They have got to fight their way out. You know, they could do anything. We don't know. And then you've got everybody in between who's just trying to get a grip on how do we figure out what information is true. Um, you should do the audio hey, book, is, Julie. Huh?
1: You should do what? the audio book. Oh.
3: <laughs> well. Voices.
0: Oh. That was yeah. better than the You're one right. I heard. <laughs> oh, I thought he did a pretty good job, especially with all the alien words. L.J. Ganser is a pretty good narrator. His oh, yeah, click then. was his click was good.
2: You guys should know how to say fjunch click." <laughs> I, I,
0: I know, yeah, something like that.
2: If that's how you say it, I think
0: that's how sort of how he said, yeah, something like that.
2: But, do we want to tell the story, or do we do we not? Uh, sure. Is, you want to go for it? Oh, I don't know. I, I have the book jacket. I can go from that. Yeah,
0: go for there.
2: I mean, because basically, you've got humankind, and it's a, it's weird. It's like a monarchy in space. And
0: yeah, or a, uh, empire. Yeah.
2: Empire. Yeah. And then they, they basically, what happens is there's a alien ship that shows up at this one spot out of nowhere. And they're able to intercept it, but not before everyone aboard it is dead. And they never realized that, I guess, anything could, well, they didn't realize there were any aliens. And so they try to tra- trace back where they came from, and the moat in God's eye is a, what it was, a star? They uh,
0: well, had a, yeah, it's a, yeah, sub- stellar phenomenon, right? Yeah,
2: a stellar phenomenon that looked like kind of with the cloud. is kind of like the Horsehead Nebula kind of concept where yeah. you could look at it and it would look like a hunched over man with a hood. And one day the eye lit up and they kind of go, oh, <laughs> that's what happened. They were sending us this alien ship. So they kind of trace back to see who the aliens are and do first contact and um, find out what they're like. How will they get along with them? All that kind of stuff, and when they get there, what they find out is that the aliens are alien in a way that I never would have thought of. So um, it
1: kind of gets uh, there. That's definitely Ooh. the highlight of the book: the the depth of the aliens, how they're portrayed. right; it's very original.
0: Alienness of the aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All um, so, the different
1: casts and stuff.
0: What was it that that you were so uh, pleased with about the alien design?
2: Oh, well, the cast of just, I guess it was like all the breeds of them. Mm-hmm. You had the watchmakers and you had the farmers and the engineers and the mediators. And the fact that only two of them really, at one point in the book, I marked it, I'd never noticed it before. The, the, the first person they encounter is an engineer. And they said an engineer had little of free will. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, really, the masters and the mediators are the only ones with free will. The masters have it, and they have to stay apart, or they'll fight and start wars all the time. And the mediators were specifically bred to have just enough free will to be able to think outside the box. so they could
0: I, I, I don't know if free will is the right word, because uh, I think the reason we think the masters and the mediators have free will because we see things from their point of view. Um but we we don't get a lot from that first engineer's point of view. Although we did get a little bit.
2: Well, the book um, just says it says an engineer had little of free will. That's why I marked it because I hadn't. Uh, seen it before.
0: Okay. was was that from somebody's point of view though?
2: That's the narrator's point of view. The opening.
0: really oh
2: yeah that's okay. um it's when it sees all the metal and it's like up oh, changing my ship going to take off. It says um, here it is. It says. She's she's looking through her, you know, equipment at the human ship when it first shows up. She's the first one they meet. And it says, she Mm -hmm. looked again, metal, endless, endless metal. She took off immediately. The call of treasure was not to be ignored. There was little of free will in an engineer.
3: Mm.
2: And so I found Mm -hmm. that really interesting because a mediator or a master would have, well, in fact, they do in the book. They They investigate. They make decisions. They... Um, The reason they quarrel so much is because they all have different points of view that they can change if they need to. That's part of the mediator's job. Mm. Um, So decisions they're making affect everyone else. An engineer can't do that kind of thing. Yeah, and
3: I thought it was interesting that the mediators could interpret their master's will differently. Like one Mm -hmm. person could say, well, I'm... You know, disobeying what they said to do, but only because I know that in the end it's going to lead to what they really wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, Black- think it, I think it was Whitbreads, Whitbreads, Fiance mm-hmm. Click that did something drastically different than <laughs> the other one had. And that's why they saw the whole, you know, real museum and... Mm-hmm. That
0: happens in the humans though, too. Remember the, uh, the, the admiral is making an order to somebody and he says, mm-hmm. Um, I these are the my orders, I have to follow them. And he says, yes, but you could interpret your orders th- this way um, yeah. because that would actually a- end with a better outcome.
2: That's true. Mm-hmm. But that's – humans have free will. We know that. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's not but, but go that, there, but.
1: <laughs> but then if a mediator becomes too idealistic or tries to solve the birth control, then he's labeled a crazy Eddie and right. he's committed.
2: Yeah, you don't want or, to be a crazy Eddie. Yeah. Or identifies too much with the humans, and that's part of that problem. Is they're not thinking about everybody else at the same time.
0: That, that kind of reminded me of like, there's there's just some things you can't you can't uh, say if you want to get elected in, <laughs> in the United States. You know, you can't say I'm for socialism. That's <laughs> not going to get you elected. Yeah. Um, you just so you just ignore that, and otherwise they'll say crazy Eddie.
2: That's <laughs> right.
0: Be elected. That's right. Um, that's kind of how they're treating Ron Paul, right? He's, right. He, he, he's, he says, "I think we should have no, no, none of this stuff." And the, the other people, "No, we just need to reduce it and ignore him. Ignore him. He's, he's not a real <laughs> Republican."
2: <laughs> Crazy Eddie, put him in the corner. <laughs> shoot him um, off into space.
0: Oh, go ahead. Well, they they shoot themselves off into space. I think is the idea. Yeah. They're trying to solve it by by getting out of the bottle, yeah, but the they're real, all trying
3: to solve the cycles problem. Yeah, the real crazy Eddie, though—that was the Alderson point. It's just that the Modis didn't understand it yet. So that's kind of the mm. ironic part of it: is that it wasn't crazy at all. They'd they'd come onto something. They just didn't understand it.
0: Sounds right. Uh, did you know there was a sequel, um, not not The Gripping Hand, which is a sequel are probably all aware of, but there was a sequel by Jerry Purnell's daughter?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, called Audis. Yeah. Is
0: that it? Uh-huh. Yeah, which I I hadn't heard about until very recently. Didn't you read um, the beginning, Julie? Of I
1: Audi?
2: read the just the very beginning, and then I went, you know, I think I would have had to read The Gripping Hand, and I tried that and didn't like it.
0: Yeah, so. Gripping hands it, it comes so much longer after the, the uh, original, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you'd just have to reread that book relatively quickly, because it came out in 93, and, and the original book came out in 74.
2: Yeah, the problem I had was there was nobody I could really relate to. I mean, they pick up two characters, Renner and uh, Murray. Murray. Right, yeah. and when they go back, every, the society has um, changed so much Everybody's living on the asteroids or on a space station or something. and um, Or maybe that's just who they're talking to at that point, the ones who live in the asteroids. And it was so different, and they just plunge you in. And I was like, mm, I don't care about this at all. And they didn't make it compelling enough for me in the beginning to make me care about going on. So I quit because mm. I do that.
0: Yeah, well, that's sometimes the right right action.
2: Well, and that's an
3: interesting choice because those two characters – were probably the least likely to make any kind of connection with the Modis. It seemed, you know, like Sally was an anthropologist and Haworth mm-hmm. was a scientist, and they were very interested in, you know, the interaction and the culture. But those two, you know, one was convinced they were going to kill everyone. <laughs> and the other one, well, I guess it's the same guy. He just wanted to trade with them. He just wanted to use their resources. At the beginning, so I, yeah. I just can't see them as being as interesting. <laughs> and Renner is
2: just independent-minded. Yeah, He's he's kind of a contrarian, actually, and proud of it. So he's not going to go along with the status quo if he can find a way to poke it.
3: Well, and he's the one who helped them figure out that the Modis had been lying. So I doubt that he's going to really be the best, uh, I guess, ambassador.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I can't remember now. I know they start off with wherever Burry and Renner are because, you know, Renner gets assigned to him to keep an eye on him. And so it kind yeah. of starts off right. with that scenario, and I can't remember who exactly does go back if it's them or somebody else. Huh. But anyway, because it, it was a long time ago, I think when it first came out that I tried reading it. So, right.
0: I, yeah. I, I like a lot of the, the the touches that are going on in the book. Like there is a backstory to to the human empire, and I I, I would guess that uh, this is because, this is set in some something called the Codominium Codominium series. I guess. That this is a part of, um, you know, sort of oh, like Heinlein's got his uh, future history. This is kind of the same idea,
2: I guess. But I don't know of any other books other than the ones that followed this up. Uh, this, are, you, are there some? It's the second uh, it's,
3: author. It's the Purnell guy. Oh, you know, oh, I think God, he's had some short
2: stories by himself. By himself yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But um, one of the one of the things that's in the the book is the, the description of the you know the imperial seal. Um, you know, it, because it's an empire, that's also kind of strange. Um, but yeah, the humans so, aren't that likable. No, they're not very likable, and they, and they're also not very um, relatable to sort of, I guess, end of 21st century, uh, <laughs> beginning of 21st century uh, politics. But um, they're the symbol is a um, an American eagle holding a hammer and sickle. Right. <laughs> the oh, humans okay. have gone into space. And the two great powers have merged together, and suddenly they're not just, you know, a democracy and oh, a yeah. communist system. Now they're an imperial system. Right.
2: Uh, well, because it was written in 74, right? Exactly. So that would work for that.
0: Exactly. Because it's
2: like the Firefly thing where it's China and America. It's
0: extrapolation. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. and. Yeah. Um,
2: and we also know that this is the second empire
3: for the humans. Right. So everything else has collapsed yeah, at this one sense. time.
0: That makes sense. So maybe the first time it wasn't a, a empire in the uh, old-fashioned, uh, there's an emperor sense, but rather in the modern uh, United States of America has 182 uh, countries <laughs> in which it has soldiers, <laughs> right, that kind of empire. But, um one of the one of the other things that is, is sort of key to that is the the two spaceships that are sent right yeah one is called MacArthur and the other is called lenin
3: yeah right they <laughs> <laughs> kind of made a joke about that too like
0: oh, did you? it's yeah. been
3: so long that they've forgotten you know who these people were and what they stood for they're just these names
2: you just throw out there
0: yeah they sort of they're all they all lived at the same time and they all <laughs> they <laughs> all uh, are just great heroes from the past
2: yeah, only the linguist, who's the priest in the book, um, it Hardy. Right, I think he so. He has yeah. a couple thoughts sometimes, like if only they <laughs> that character would have been <laughs> whirling in his grave if he'd have known what his name was on, or that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I think one of the the better characters is a uh, is the admiral. I think he's um, he's mm-hmm. extremely sort of peripheral to the main action of the story, but he's sort of central to. Um, what what goes on and uh, when the when the tension starts ratcheting up when the ship becomes filled with Modi's, um, I guess the MacArthur com- becomes filled with Modi's. He's he's sort of a um, uh, his his backstory and all that really I think helps helps uh, say oh my what this what's this guy going to do is he going to blow up the MacArthur is he going to is he going to sacrifice all those people
1: like yeah, he already he did with some other play.
0: planet. Exactly. That, that's the, you know, he's done it before. Nothing to stop him now. Well,
2: and that was some of the stuff I liked at the very end where it would tell a lot more about the master and the mediator's conversations with each other about, and the master would say, okay, we've learned this, we've learned this, consider this, consider that, and everybody just kind of freeze and go, oh, no. And one of them was about the, you know, I watched a show about the master or the admiral. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that he sacrificed an entire world to keep peace.
0: And yeah, that, that's the, one of the Modi's uh, talking about the show.
2: It mm-hmm. says, well,
0: we don't want to deal with this guy. He's, yeah. he's not good for us.
2: Yeah. That's when they started saying things like, I fear for my sisters back home. Yeah. So, well, and I thought that was kind of interesting that, um, speaking of clues to revealing the Modi's true nature, that, <laughs> that I didn't even think about it when their the ship comes out to greet them and people are going in and being learning the language and everything. And they would kind of mention, oh, and there was a youngster and he was kind of cute. And it wasn't until they're thinking about the big picture later. They're like, who would bring kids with them out to this situation? Mm-hmm. And the people themselves just accepted it. They didn't think about it until much later and went, wait a minute. That's not right. Um, There were all those little clues, and I guess because the first time I read it was right after it came out, and I just went along happily reading the book, not really analyzing it. Did that? Did well, anybody else pick up on all those clues early and figure all well, And Well, I think out? a lot of the clues
3: were hidden from us because we didn't find out how many things had been going on on the ship as far as things being repaired until the oh, yeah. captain started going around and asking questions. And they're like, oh, well, we thought it was brownies, and <laughs> we just left them popcorn, and they would fix our stuff. Yeah, But I think they weren't talking about it either for the most part, so – I'm not but sure. So yeah. much
2: later, right. when the the Middies crash on the planet, that we're told what's really going on. So right. we have the clues when they do.
0: It's kind of uh, I'm kind of ambivalent about the way the way it was told. I, I would kind of prefer um, more from the aliens' point of view or less from the aliens' point of view because the the little that we get is very tantalizing. Um, But it, I think, it also undercuts the sort of the mystery element. So we we learn stuff in those um, those exchanges that the humans don't learn, and that makes it sort of like if it is a mystery novel. Like, basically, I think that's one of the reasons why people like first contact stories is they are mysteries, right? Mm -hmm. There's this mystery out there, and how, how do we interpret it? What's the right goal, and how do we deal with it versus um you know if you if you see it all from the alien perspective then um the the mystery is is how is it going to be resolved uh the way it's done here is we get a lot of the information that the humans don't have earlier than they do and it i think it hurts the novel a little bit i mean it's a pretty damn good novel anyways but i don't know i don't know if they could have done something different there
2: Well, it's like after the MIDI's crash and they learn everything that goes on, which I have to say I approved of. I mean, I didn't want them to die, but I approved that they sacrificed them because it had to happen for the story. But um, after that is when the mystery is over for us. But then what you're looking at is it turns into more of a, I don't know what the right, it's not really a thriller, but basically what you're doing is going, are they going to figure it out in time? So yeah. it's like, But but I th- thought up to it's that point... It's like a point,
1: diplomatic thriller.
2: Yeah, I guess. Because up to that point, I didn't feel like I was getting so many clues that I knew exactly what was going on. They had to tell me when they told the middies. And then I was like, ah, are they going to figure it out? Oh, no, because you're seeing both sides more. And so I see what you're saying. It's not a straight mystery, but I didn't mind because at that point my attention was turned to the suspense of... Yeah, like the, it's almost like an espionage story. Are they the going to get caught? The thing mm-hmm.
3: about that is that it was kind of, I don't know, questionable to me is I started out in graduate school in folklore, <laughs> you oh. know, which is a branch of anthropology. And of you, well, you learn so much about, you know, the techniques of doing field work and um, how not to make assumptions and how long it takes to really get the insider perspective. And however many weeks they had with that first set of modis was clearly not going to be enough for that. But at the same time, Sally was making these assumptions that everything she ever heard was exactly how she understood it the first time. And <laughs> she never questioned herself. Um, so that kind of led to a lot of those problems. I mean, she hey, was-
0: questioning herself would be like questioning herself because her her fianch, or however you say it, um, <laughs> was – was basically mirroring everything she she did, right? They didn't have right. the same information, but her feelings were mirrored. And so, because she thinks um, I'm an honest person and I'm delivering um, goodwill, and she gets that back, that that's that's all there is.
3: Yeah, right? pretty significant mistake, though.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. Deadly mistake. If, yeah. Uh,
2: well, and if, what's interesting though is the only one who didn't seem to really take that at face value was. Uh, David Hardy, the priest. And mm. am I making that up? When he was kind of like, um, I've heard a lot of people lie <laughs> uh, as a priest. Um, and maybe I'm making that up. And no, no, he did. He said that, like okay. in confession, people
3: lie. So he all the time. was always
2: kind of gauging them more than you know the ones who were disposed to be friendly toward them.
3: Right. Mm.
2: Which, which was, uh, you know, right. Sally. Of course, I never thought of Sally as a great anthropologist. I know she thought of herself that way.
3: Well, I don't think but she'd she ever this... had any actual experience, really? right? She, she'd she never been given that opportunity, and this was her big opportunity. But it's a pretty big opportunity to, to talk to aliens as their first contact if you've never even done any type of work like that before.
2: Well, yeah, Aww. and mm. Horvath or whatever his name is, yeah. um, he, he was like the least scientific scientist I've ever seen. But he was really... <laughs> He was—he had really kind of, I think, lost that because he'd had to get so good at working diplomacy in order right. to get funding and blah blah blah. So, yeah, he was jaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sally
1: was just a spoiled rich girl. Yeah, he wanted to make his
2: name. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Sally was just a spoiled rich girl.
2: She was. That was the
3: only reason they had to take her with them. Huh. They couldn't say no.
0: <laughs> no, she 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 was she had training too. Hmm. I mean, uh, it, right. it doesn't. It doesn't uh, over. Original. It doesn't overabund uh, overabundant itself in the in the the story. But um, I, I, I think you know, when, whenever you're looking at a Heinlein, uh, not Heinlein, um, Niven book, and <laughs> I guess a Purnell book as well. The same. The characters are really just uh, Heinlein. Uh, sorry, Niven and mm-hmm. Pornell arguing with each other, right? And and so they're. They're not super well developed. I mean, even the the romance that's in in the in the story is pretty perfunctory. Yeah, it's, it's, uh,
2: it's classic like 1950s science fiction style.
0: Uh, yeah, but even I think it's even been a little bit. Um, I mean, there's not even like a. Uh, uh, sort of the standard arc it's just no here let's <laughs> throw these two together and and then and then hey uh, have you married her yet <laughs> 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 no i hey I, good idea you want to get
2: married <laughs> yeah their courtship was he rescues her and right. you know she's oh that good-looking guy who rescued me and she's oh that beautiful girl with the dead eyes at the time you know and that's it <laughs> love but, yeah. They but Niven and Pornell aren't really known for their I don't no, I've never read Jerry I agree. on his own, so I don't know.
0: But I, well um, together they're certainly not known for yeah. their their depth of characterization.
3: No. But I, I don't go for the for
0: that more, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well at um,
3: least at least she had the decency to get angry about it just for a few seconds. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Before she got put right back in that box.
3: Right. So
0: so uh, there's a, a line of um interest here I want to I want to throw out to you and see what you think my microcosmic god didn't go over that well but I think that's in part because you haven't read the the story if you read the story you might see more parallels I, I certainly saw them uh, when I started thinking about it or the but, sand kings by George R. R. Martin uh, how's
1: that fit I no it's risk. the same idea there's these little uh, creatures that this guy controls uh, it's, it's very it's a very similar story
0: yeah well it's got kind of a mean guy that's absolutely true but um, I don't think there's this this sense of cycles and development, uh, cycles of development and, and superiority and stuff, is there? It's been a long time since I read It's a great story, though.
2: Oh, I know what this makes me think of now that you're bringing up parallels, but you guys aren't going to like it. It's one of the Simpsons Halloween shows where Lisa's doing her science project, and she, grows, uh, she puts a tooth in and starts growing bacteria, and it turns out to be people. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a... Um, and they shrink a her down. Right. Cosmic God story.
2: Okay, well, there you go. And, they yeah, they shrink her down, and then she's stuck in there with him, and Bart is controlling things, so...
1: Yeah. There you that's go. How funny. It's a good one. There's an app for that, too.
0: Maybe <laughs> 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 God on your iPhone or iPad.
2: Can it embiggen you again, though? That's what I want to know.
0: Well, that's that's actually where all the God games... I, you, you played these games, I'm sure, on computers years ago. The first one was called Populous. That was a really fun game. Uh, I guess it came out in the 80s. There's was an isometric game where you look down at this land, and you have the you're, you are you play God, so you have the power to move mountains and cause storms and such.
1: Mm.
0: And you can help either help or hurt the people who are down there. Uh, helping them, you change the land to be more fertile by you know moving rivers and such. Or you can, um, if they they displease you, you can crush <gasps> them. <laughs> um, and uh, you can you know you can defend this group of people from that group of people. Yeah. By using your,
2: I've played your Civilization and, and, and what's the other one? Um, the outer space one.
0: Um, it's Master different of Orion. What? Master of Orion, but
2: the, yeah, that's not exactly the same. I know. No,
0: the difference is uh, with those is that you're playing from one side, right? Right. right. Uh, but in only
2: being on the Mac really kind of held me back from a lot of those absolutely.
0: games. Okay. I, you bring me yeah. up
2: a lot of bad memories of games I wasn't able to play.
0: I know. It's go awesome.
2: ahead, I-, I can take it.
0: I'm sorry. That's all right. um, But uh, I wanted to uh, say that you know when you read a Larry Niven novel, mm-hmm. even if without Jerry Purnell, you tend to not look for the the things that are in other books of science fiction. So a regular science fiction novel re- written. In the 1950s, we say it's not about the future, even though it's set in the future. It's about the time, right? So the relationships in the, the novel are about what it was like in the 1950s. And the the technology that is happening or the society that's happening in that book is not about the 1950s. It's the classic, you know, 1984 yeah. is not about 1984. It's about 1948 right. or, more yeah. importantly, 1930. Uh, six in Russia or something like that, right? right? Um, and and that's the the sort of the sort of line we go to when we talk. When we say science fiction is not really about the future; it's about the present, looking at it in a different way. But I think that the exception to that is really Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell <laughs> in the sense that they are talking about a certain idea, and that mm-hmm. that's what drives everything. So they didn't say, um, let's talk about uh, the 1970s and how uh, Russia and the United States could get along—that's not what this book is about. It's about this idea: as a, if we created an alien that had this as its central feature, which is, I guess, um, the, they they must reproduce, or not die. that they yeah. yeah they must reproduce or die. Then what culture would build, be built up from that? And of course, the culture that they build up from that is amazing, and the exploration of that is the novel.
2: Yeah, and then what happens if it comes up against what are the conflicts that they come up against in meeting people? Because exactly. they have to reach that compromise somehow that both species have to be allowed to live, but how do they do that in balance so it doesn't destroy each one? And that's the problem that the end of the book is trying to deal with. I'm a, a, a that's a huge good point fan of- about their books because I was just thinking about yeah, Lucifer's Hammer. That's post-apocalyptic civilizations coming up against each other, and then. Um, Protectors
0: uh, is, is a fantastic book. Protector. Um, yeah, Protector, and I that's Larry Nevin that. by himself. That's that's Larry oh, Nevin okay. by himself, and that's that. that's a it's a it's a alien that um, it, see. Don't tell me too happens, much now. What happens was
2: I'm okay, going to read it.
0: Humans are, are actually aliens, uh, but there's something wrong with them, something wrong with humans, and. Uh, the alien mother species is coming to earth to
2: Ooh.
0: help us out because oh, we're we're sort of we're, we're we're kind of infantilized and and so all the exploration that happens there is very much you know like you see it from the alien's point of view and the alien says this is what i'm focused on uh-huh. and this is our these are the restrictions i have and then wow you say wow the great story right mm-hmm. fantastic wow. and and because it's that exploration of that idea you get a lot of um Get a lot of uh, value that you can't get in just looking at you know uh, uh, relations between men and women in the 1950s, <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
0: <laughs> or some idea like always,
2: that. Niven's never good at that stuff though. Anyway, he's no, always, that's right. He's terrible However, at men and and he's his women are worse written than his men ever. But that's just you know.
1: So the one. Why are sure more offended by? It. Look, there's only one woman character, and she basically just wants to
2: get married. I'm used to hating Larry Niven's writing <laughs> for men and the way he places them in society. There's not one women character.
0: There's no a planet full of women, oh, for the Ellie. There's a whole planet full of women there. Where? Which one? <laughs> All those uh, Modis. <laughs> All the there's mediators.
3: a line at there's a line at the end where she says something about how well we have to think about this really fast because you know once we get married I won't be allowed to do this anymore. <laughs>
2: Right.
1: Well, was yeah. Like, oh, see, no, please, only bad it's, girls oh, take birth control. Right. <laughs> that's
2: society not. that he, they create for them in here. And then if you read like Lucifer's hammer, it's, you know, it's that same kind of attitude, even though even the strong, independent women aren't really that strong and independent. Um, Footfall. Same yeah, way. I
0: haven't read that one. Oh, I want to no. read that.
2: Oh, Footfall. You know, that was is, one of. The- that's a great. I like that one too. Not as much as this. What? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're, you're finishing.
3: Yeah. Um, that was one of the critiques I read actually of this novel is, you know, I agree with Jesse that the development of the aliens is really pretty impressive, but, um, they were trying to say that Larry Niven and Purnell are like in the category of trash fiction what? <laughs> because of their, their lack of ability to think about what, how our culture would have changed by then. You know, they run the military the same way they run their oh, yeah. interpersonal They're relationships throwback. the same way. The idea, yeah, like all of the social stuff. Is he still can't, the they can do
0: everything. I don't go to Larry <laughs> Niven for for you know development of uh, our society. I go to him for basically logic puzzles based on a certain premise, and that's what I get. I, I get something good out of it.
2: Yeah, I,
0: well, I, I, I guess
2: you could say they they design the
1: human to society me. to be like the alien society. Like the human society has cats, and that contrast with the alien society has guess yeah. too.
0: I, I think there are there's some deeper things that we could get into, but before before we get in there, I wanna uh, I was gonna say that you know although these things usually aren't uh, Larry Niven Pornell novels aren't usually about um, sort of referencing a time in history uh, or you know dealing with a, a present issue. I think there was one line that I noticed in the second the, the second time I read it here was that. Um, do you remember the description of the dead aliens? Um, the dead alien from the Crazy Eddie probe. Uh, you know, they described it had two arms and on one side and uh, other arm. But then it described the eyes. Did you remember the, the description of yeah. the alien's eyes? They looked Mm-mm. quote unquote Asian, and I thought, huh. huh? Why? Why? Since they're aliens, right? Why did they make them? Asian looking, and I think I was thinking, well, it could just be like a, you know, you're just, get, you know, rolling dice and his hey, it came up Asian, <laughs> could be that, but then it's I the yellow, yellow peril. peril, it is the yellow peril. <laughs> See, this is a yellow peril story because what is the oh, great fear of the yellow peril? Effort. No, what is the great fear of the yellow peril? They're here, they're coming, and they breed faster than we do. Look at how many of them are there are, and if you look at the the uh, propaganda around yellow peril, right? It's that there's so many Chinese or there's so many Japanese uh, that oh, they're going to no, come here and this. take Stop over. It.
2: You're ruining this story for me.
0: Well, oh, I don't no. think it's ruining because I think it's, it's just a very small one-note thing, right? Um, yeah, America doesn't have a population problem. Once I started thinking, <laughs> once I started thinking about that um, that line, I got a confirmational one later on. Um, now remember when they went down to the planet, uh, and they, they are brought into the castle that was specially built for them?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of the characters, mm-hmm. uh, was it Renner? Was Renner down there? I can't remember. One of the characters who was mm-hmm. down there. He He said, um, he said, uh, look, they've reproduced everything from the videos that we, we had shown them, the travelogues, including the detail of the copyright on this product, right? They replicated the things mm-hmm. that they could see perfectly. And I remember if, uh, if I think it's in um, Philip K. Dick's uh, The Man in the High Castle, there's a, a, ca- a throw-off line about what had happened prior to World War uh, I in, in Japan when there was contact between the Europeans and uh, the Japanese, you know, gunboat diplomacy. Mm-hmm the British apparently had gone into, uh, into Japan and um, allowed the Japanese to come on board um, their, one of their battleships. And the, the engineers uh, were brought in, and they took measurements of everything. And they apparently reproduced in exact exacting detail the entire British battleship, including made in Edinburgh on the side of the engine.
2: They, is they this, even reproduced but isn't this that. this an alternate universe that he's talking about? So is this No, but that, event, that, or but, is
0: this but an that was, he was talking about history at the time, right? So
2: Okay, I, w- I just I knew it was a different thing. Uh, Rose just uh, read I, it and told me all about it, so I don't have to read it. it it's
0: a. Right? You should read it. It's an excellent <laughs> book. Excellent book. I know. Maybe one of the best of the 20th century, I would, I would argue. Um, but in any case, I tr- I've tried to find uh, evidence for this being a true story um, and I haven't had any luck but that's probably not because it's not true. Probably it's true. It's probably just that it's it's very hard to find a search term for that. Um, mm-hmm. In any I think case, China has fake uh, Apple stores these days and all kinds have, of fake products.
2: Yeah, they do. I read a whole story about it.
0: Sure. Um, but uh, I think I just wanted to point out that even though uh, Niven and Purnell uh, don't tend to be talking about present day issues i thought that because of those those things i mean it could i mean they probably just said oh yeah what we've done here we've created a yellow peril story and so they
2: well i am just trying to think they back st- to those things in. or far yeah it, it wasn't there, it wasn't really an
0: issue then right but
2: no 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 yeah i was just thinking i was going about then relations with china were normalized but, and it was very interesting and exotic still, but, you know, Japan and Taiwan and all that stuff, Taiwan was reproducing stuff like crazy. Um, and that's still when, you know, made in Taiwan, that China, a joke. Basic. You, you the didn't want it China. made in Taiwan. So, yeah. So, no, but I was just, um I was just thinking about the mindset that would have been back then, and it would still have been very exotic, much more so than now when you've got the internet and you can see so much more. and. Um, you know, there's normal trade relations with most countries and all that. Kind of stuff.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, still, uh, mm. we've, we've I, I can see
2: it as a just kind of a
0: it's a, a parallel,
2: overarching yeah. kind of like yeah. hey, yeah. let's yeah. do this thing. But,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, it's there for you to pick up if you're paying attention. I think. Um, and I was I was looking I, I was looking for it right after I heard they have Asian eyes. Why would they have Asian eyes? There's no reason for that. I mean, have two arms on the right side? Ah, they're they're rightists or whatever. <laughs> Makes no sense. But if you if you say, what did they change that they didn't have to change? That, you know, that's the the, the key yeah. to picking it up there.
2: Otherwise, they're slanted, dark eyes. That's it. You wouldn't have to yeah, say you Asian. Yeah, just said vague,
0: vaguely Asian eyes, yeah. I think. Said, yeah. Uh, a vaguely yeah. Asian ass to them or something. Um, and we never really hear about them again uh, other mm-hmm. than that. But um, I think that those are, those are the... Uh, the parallels to other science fiction or tropes out there that I saw. But um, one of the questions I was asking myself near the end was, uh, you know, the humans are saying we have to contain uh, the Modi's and if we don't, they'll take over the empire and we'll, we'll, we'll lose. And, um, and then I was thinking, well, would that be so bad? Yeah, they're not so hot.
1: Humans
2: aren't that great. Think think of an empire that's like the MacArthur. How long would humans last? Not very long. Even if nobody was doing anything malicious. And the way that they talked about masters and warriors and territory, there would have been malicious things done to humans. Eventually, it would have come down to a full-blown standoff war. I don't know how many cycles in or whatever. And, as they pointed out, you know, knowing that that's out there, even if everybody goes into it with the best will in the world, since none of the masters can really be trusted, when somebody makes that break, then when the cycles are down, the people are going to go, okay, we're going to take care of this problem now. I I, I can't see it. Yeah, it would have been bad if you want humans to be alive, and I I personally, you know, you're supposed to be rooting for them.
0: Uh, But see, that's the line, right? You're supposed to be rooting for them, but um, I think that if you follow that logic right um, then then you have to accept what I believe was it the admiral who said um, they're not evil they're just our enemies mm-hmm. they're not evil they're just our enemies well what exactly makes someone your enemy other than that they disagree with you on a certain point and that you are willing so willing to do something to kill them to get over you know to to Defeat them on their point, right? And if their point is is we're going to kill you, <laughs> then that makes you an enemy, I suppose. But well, if their point is like, we want to have a life too, then I say,
2: well, at okay, that point, it's like the Cold War. It's, it's like the, having just read Declare, talking about 1974, and I, you know, and it's Russian and American. At that point, at the end, it becomes like the Cold War because whether or not you agreed with communism. If you say you didn't think communism was a bad thing, but you could go, they're definitely our enemy. They have declared they're out to get us. They want the whole world to be communist. That means what we like, which is just our choice, is not a good thing to them. We have to have this detente.
0: Well, and that's yeah, what they're left th- with
2: at the end of the book.
0: I think I think uh, you're not being very charitable to the fact that the Russians never said they wanted to be our enemy. It's actually quite the opposite. Well, the rhetoric okay, was all you're... on the American side. The 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 Russians, certainly, the Soviets, I mean, they're certainly an evil government. I mean, they did horrible things to all sorts of people. But yes, i got to tell you, lots of governments do that, including I would say the United States government does a lot of evil things that people shouldn't be supporting, and we don't. Well,
2: that's true, although they haven't yet had to have the bulldozers to plow over all the places exactly. where Stalin, you know... Exactly. The Stalin of here, but so, the thing is is that that's why I was like just let's just look at it from the point of view of I'm not going to get into who's good or evil, but i I guess the point I was thinking of was whether they go we're evil or not. Their stated goal was, and i I could swear I read this is that every place should be communist, yes, absolutely, okay? absolutely if every place should be communist and we don't want to be communist, we have the right to choose our own stuff then that means they're our enemy, whether we think they're evil or not. And that's uh, why I was like, I don't want to get into who was good or who was bad. I'm just saying it's like the Cold War. We had that situation where...
0: Right, but uh, when they fought. say you, you should be communist, that doesn't mean we're going to we're gonna nuke you until you are communist. Um, it just means that th- that's their goal. And like like rightly the Americans and, and the West are saying, uh, our goal is to make you democratic, right? Our goal is to make your people free because all okay. people should be free and and okay, then
2: I, I picked a bad I, I don't care about that no stuff. no 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 I mean, but I, honestly, think no, I think it's important just no i think it's important
0: because so. it's in the book right it's i mean we've got the, the lenin and the macarthur there and the and the russian ship and the american ship basically right and they're working yeah. together against another group and i mean yeah. that that is really the power struggle that is the i mean if you want to look at it as sort of a a yellow peril story, it's Russia versus uh, the United States. It's well except
2: that it's delineated that, that way, but it, they're that both is the, working Cold War, the same government. Right? I mean they're they're not divided. They are the same government. To them That's those names right. are so old. They might as well be Aristotle and Socrates to most people. Exactly. You no.
0: Know. No, no, but You're not, right, not the, for the characters, but for us, the readers.
3: But right? yeah. the, the, the true that. parallel the true parallel is that the Modi's Half, you know, they breed so fast that they – and that's what they don't have under control. And that's what the empire wants them to get under control before they're going to let them out of their quarantine. So the question that I have is how useful is what the empire is doing to that end? I mean, I don't just mean the quarantine. I mean the the center to study the Modi's and the trade negotiations, you know, because the quarantine mm-hmm. isn't going to yeah. be sustainable forever. And we know that without it, the Modi's just continue their own cycle where they get too big, they start wars, they demolish themselves except for a few outlying asteroids, and then they repopulate yeah. the planets again. Yeah. If, so, you if you know, want to look at we,
0: that as an analogy for uh, for human history, we've got that too, right? You know, the Roman Empire falls, the Chinese Empire falls, you know, and then society, you know, those societies the are... That's right. The, the empires fall and then the societies are you know, decimated and, and uh, l- learning goes down and then they bu- get built back up and and we build greater upon what we had before is the idea.
3: Right, but so the, the question I have is, you know, with the Cold War, well, what made the Cold War end? Was it the military strength? Was it just holding out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: So like uh, the book,
3: I, I, I hear well, some people say that the book ends with a negative spin, but I'm not sure it's negative. I'm, oh, i kind I of feel like. So. I, it's I okay. think
0: it's a neutral. It's totally neutral right, because it's really is unresolved. Wasn't Sally working on a cure at the end. Yeah, she, she'd her, like what? to. She'd like to. I think. She, I she's Sally trying was kind of
1: to work on the cure or something.
0: For the birth uh, rate. Right. She's going so, to try and introduce the pill. <laughs> see, this yes. book is so really we know about the working pill. working on
2: something. The, <laughs> <take it too.
0: laughs> the book's about the pill and how how women There's need
2: the crazy pill. <laughs>
0: it's crazy. You don't have to 1974, be crazy to that works. It almost works. Not quite. I think it's the 60s. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think
1: overpopulation it, so an, it's an issue back then. So maybe the book is a little about overpopulation. Uh, it, uh, it's
0: certainly, certainly kind of like that. You know, Malthus is is still, people still think about Malthus even though that doesn't seem to be, he, he seemed to have been wrong. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to eat ourselves yeah. to you overeat ourselves to death. At least, not in uh, certain countries. We, we we tend to start losing population unless we import people, um, which is which is because you don't need to have a whole bunch of kids if you're rich, in the sense that you know you have food and you have housing and you have uh, reasonable working conditions. So yeah, I, I would say um, my, my my response was. Um, the humans aren't so hot, and you know what? Modi's are people too, at least a lot of them are. Um, yeah. And I would say that my life isn't worth ten times as much as anyone else's. So if if I was in uh, the admiral's position, I would say, yeah, it's really horrible that these these poor Modi's are in this situation. Uh, my allegiance is to the empire, um, but. They're still people, and so there is that tension. They want to bring them into the Empire, even though they know it might be a problem. But there's also the faction that says, let's just wipe them out. And I think I read, was it on the Wikipedia entry, it said something like, um, this is about having a situ, setting up a situation so that uh, two cultures can can clash without them have having ideological reasons. But just sort of natural reasons we can't share the same space it's either us or you and
1: i don't know
2: yeah and it's how how do they learn to coexist because and they don't answer that they don't have an answer for it but what they do is they don't give up trying they keep trying sally's got her institute um you know charlie went crazy eddie because he's like okay i think let's work on it you know um, yeah why is it so impossible for them to
1: solve the problem? Answer.
2: huh? Why
1: what? can't they just uh make condoms or something?
0: <laughs> why is that so hard? If they <laughs> don't get pregnant, they die so the condoms oh, all too, yeah. is, so but but you right? have to remember you have to remember one thing right this is not a real you have problem. To do hormone therapy so, or something right? right but but the problem was created by the authors right and so. Yeah. The, the reason they did that was because what would we do if, if we were confronted by such a situation? Um, I think their answer is the best we can, right? <laughs> the best right. we can. With goodwill
2: toward all. Uh, would well, finds
0: unless... it reasonable, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would, I, I would think Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell would be uh, uh, good representatives at the UN. They're not, they, they're, they, a lot of people yeah. say that very uh, warlike, and they talk a lot about war. But I think that it's not a rah-rah war as much as it is um, pragmatic. Well, he- here's what we know, and here's what we should do, rather than uh, let's all just join hands and do a peace march.
2: Yeah, peace it's, marches it's are a of necessity usually, done. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're,
0: they're also well, but, you know you could be your heads in the clouds sort of thing.
2: Well, because even well, when I I talk about, oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just going to say that um, the Second Empire had rules and regulations for when they had first contact, even though they'd never had it. So they really were very methodical and logical, even in anticipating this kind of interaction. It's just that they hadn't thought it all the way through.
0: But uh,
3: their approach I, wasn't, I you know, wasn't military. They
0: have had, they have had alien contact uh, before, but um, it wasn't It wasn't done... Uh, this way, I think. I mean, no,
2: I don't uh, think they had. They
0: were dumb aliens. No, this
2: is their. This is These their were first, the first time. These the first aliens they ever met.
0: I don't think so, because, because I, had it was the to first be sentient very first. aliens. I think that right. that might be. It might be the first sentient aliens. That might be it. But I remember no, there was no, a line no. quite late in the book uh, saying, "Yeah, we've dealt with the other aliens, but no. we've never dealt with aliens like this before."
2: No, I don't uh, think so.
0: I, in the negotiations, because
2: I, he's I, going around going, "The first aliens we ever met, and I killed them." Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it might have been sentient aliens, right? You know, mm. whatever that means. That's a scientific, is uh, not scientific science fiction word, sentient. Um, I, oh, I know yeah. Eric, Eric Rabkin was asking. Uh, says Jesse, what does sentient yeah, mean? I heard that. I said, well, I'm, you know, um, because it nice. is it's <laughs> that's right. Uh, but the description. I mean, there isn't even a lot of talk in this book about what sentient means. Um, And so they say they're just animals. Uh, Guess what? I'm just an animal, too. But the keyword just is not a a description that you can find in the science book, right? It's a description you find in the relational, what is our moral relationship to it. So if I say he's just an animal, I'm saying he's not worthy. Whereas if I say he's an animal, not necessarily saying he's not worthy. Um, so well, when yeah, they it say depends those... on how
2: much you want to define it, because, you know, a squirrel is sentient on a certain level. But if that's what they find and that's an alien, they don't have to worry about dealing with it um, versus the modis.
0: I think it's it's even addressed in the book, they said, you know, the, uh, w- it, maybe it's in those rules of, uh, you know, if you've discovered a sentient alien, um, and remember this creature... Although it doesn't use, uh, although it uses tools, it's still not sentient. Um, the definition of sentient was poor, in that it doesn't. What basically you're saying when you're saying something is sentient, you're saying it's it's a person, right? It yeah. has rights. And now I know, Julie, you'd like to say that what? <laughs> the person, ha- uh, this sentient creature, has free will. And I would say, well, okay, but what do you no. mean by that, right? I, I think it, you know, free will is, is kind of like that word, sentient. It, it's sort of it's a bag where we put a bunch of stuff, and we say, hopefully, uh, this is what we mean.
2: Well, and at that you
0: know means- when you see it, right? You say that person is acting under free will, and that that uh, telephone is not.
2: Well, that's yeah, because that's kind of what they send David Hardy to find out: is do they have souls? and that's the same kind of question basically but on the other hand then you'd say well the engineers say they you know they don't have free will but they're people too you know you, <laughs> if all that were there were engineers you wouldn't want to get rid of them so then it comes down to different degrees of what you know what are you looking for i think
0: i, I mean there's kind of ambivalent even in the, about the watchmakers they were saying that the watchmakers uh, you know they treat them like pests in a way but they also value them and they, and yet they also say that uh, they can be trained, and that they train each other. And if, well, it if they're training of- each other, that's not that's not uh, animal in the normal sense. I mean, it, well, is yes, it is true that animals can train each other, but still, I mean, train each other to uh, to improve coffee machines? That's that's well, unusual.
2: No, but that's but what it's doing is what they're training each other to do is to use their tool making abilities. I mean, a kitten if no parent has taught it to hunt. A, that cat will never hunt. That and, and play among.
0: Well, kids. I think some do. I, no, I,
2: I, no, Jesse, I'm just telling you. Really? It's scientifically proven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, I, I, I will put a link to the in study animals. into the show notes.
2: <laughs> well, but that's what. Uh, okay, well, you can find it and prove me wrong. But I'm just Not saying it. is that's the reason an, certain animals will play. You know, puppies play, kittens play. That parents play with them and they're learning stuff. Possums never play. Possums are still the kind of prehistoric style of animal. They come out, they grow up, they know what to do. They are Mm. not taught anything by their parents. You take a young possum away, they're never really going to become your good buddy. Uh, They may a little more than the wild possums, but pretty much you set them free and they're going to go, Great! Where's some trash I can eat? Because that's what my purpose is. And they just do (laughs) what they do. I'm just telling you.
0: They don't have a deep psychology is what you're saying?
2: Don't make me pull... Are they... Are my they sentient? learned daughter in here.
0: Are they <laughs> sentient is my question.
2: Yeah, I, I would fossils. say on a very, very low level. All right. But well, and the
3: watchmakers aren't even the lowest cast, right? There's the meat modis that oh,
2: wow. was awful.
3: <laughs> that <Yes>. was really <laughs> kind of, of creative. They kind of glossed over that, but and they're still at the zoo, so if they ever need them, they're there. And then there's the little war rat, you know, that they never really I like explained. That. But uh, but wouldn't it, wouldn't this in in
0: a sense be like uh, you know the Modi's coming to Earth and they saying what's that over there and you say that's a cow and they say aha and what part of your species did it branch off from and you go, oh that was a long time ago yeah. I mean
2: yeah but they don't just, say that this one's got you know they know it's all, because they, it says at some point all the other species have been wiped out except them right there's
3: well there's, by the asteroid force
2: <laughs> right that. But, all yeah. that's left is what comes directly from them and what they've saved.
0: Okay. But even so, I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, ancestors with all of those vertebrates and all of those... Uh... Jesse. No, I, I I, think I think
2: that... I mean, the, I know what you're saying, back to when it crawls out onto the land from the water, but uh, they're talking about something that's close to... Some
0: people eat monkeys, right? I don't eat monkeys. I haven't eaten a monkey, but um, they're... It's not. It's not as disgusting as you guys are making. But they out. say
2: that they were bred from. They say they bred them. Yeah. They say that in the book. We breed animals all the time. No. Not with ourselves. They're talking about uh, from their own. Not species. usually with ourselves. They That's developed true. them. They say all those casts were all developed deliberately. Once you got past the first, you know, radiation asymmetrical, then they thought it probably was an engineer.
0: The right. I would say I would say that we've had our own such things, you know. There's the the the, the die offs, massive die offs in in history, and you no. know humans have been when humans we, have been breeding animals since before we've had.
3: Yeah, but we're not.
2: Why is it different? Home as we do. The All right. They, they
0: do. The they do share some of our
1: genome.
2: Read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Read <laughs> the <laughs> evidence again again. again. Uh, I'm
1: gonna be a vegan after this show.
2: Jesse has ruined hamburgers for us all forever. Yes,
0: I can't eat my brother. I didn't even bring that up. The green.
3: No, it's people. Well, and I think it's I think it's confusing because through the first two thirds of the book, we think that these people, the castes, have evolved over time, but then we discover that's not true. It's because of the nuclear war that they had that created all these mutations. So, you know, it's not like these have just, you know, generally come out of a long period of biological, you know. Yeah. So Akilah yeah, War really is a yeah. continuation the folklore,
0: of evolution by other means. <laughs> Kilo War is a continuation and of evolution.
2: And you War. say you're not stubborn. I, I, I'm, I, I'm I just writing don't, this one down well, in you, that you category. You put a,
0: a big cleavage. <laughs> you put a big cleavage. I see a continuum.
2: No, no. Well, I know that's what you're seeing. Take the blinders I, off. I don't think that's what they said. Read the
0: evidence. Ah, I, I, blinders? I'm looking at the big picture.
2: No, we're actually reading what the authors told us. I'm yeah. sorry. I <laughs> yeah, you it in the your The thoughts.
0: authors, are, uh, just because they tell you something doesn't mean uh, they are, they, that's what they mean, right? That oftentimes that, you know, you see something on the page no, and you No,
2: say, no, no, no. That's like when you were arguing with me over the the engineer. You know, if
3: if the meat modis hadn't been a shameful period in their past, they would have been out in the farms where the farmers were. But they aren't. They're hidden in the little zoo that, you know, is just a representative period of their history that they don't want to talk about. So because
2: they might be needed again.
3: Because
2: it's a form of them.
0: I I hear you
1: in the next cycle.
2: I don't
0: Uh, know. No, I I, I get it. I just it doesn't offend me as much as it offended the Modis.
2: Well, I'm going to be sure I'm not around if society goes down in your neighborhood. I'm going to stay way far away.
0: Oh. I mean, it's, it's not my
2: hide, hide your kids.
3: kids.
0: I'm not I'm not a big fan of the long pig. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> tastes like tastes like uh,
2: pork. Oh, gosh. Okay.
0: Oh, so I've been told. Is that the end? Oh, uh, yeah maybe taste like chicken yeah. that's how we ended uh, well wow,
2: that's that's a sad ending isn't it taste like chicken done society over <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm depressed
2: I know
3: oh
0: good the goal was to depress everybody <laughs> success
1: Is
3: was anybody getting
1: re- restless like halfway through the book like I, I kind of wanted the aliens to start shooting lasers and stuff but uh
3: I remember you kinda, saying that. Well, like, I kept it seemed like thinking like Yeah, I kept thinking they were going to be more vindictive than they were. Like right. even at the very end there's this period where I think Ivan says, "Well, thank you for letting me finally speak to the emperor." And Sally and Rod look at each other like, "Why does it matter?" And I thought, "Oh, cuz he's going to imitate his voice and they're going to cause chaos in space mm. or something." But that didn't happen. I really expected it to happen.
1: <laughs> Maybe in the sequel.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, I because guess. they they had that idea going on, but then they never really did anything with it.
0: Mm, maybe it, that's the thing that Sturgeon says is missing.
3: Yeah, the Fjunch oh. clicks have this ability not just to mirror emotion and feeling, but their voices and their accents, and I mean that's really useful <laughs> in war. Yeah, they were afraid <laughs> the aliens would be too in,
1: convincing, and it would manipulate humans with their imitation. Yeah.
3: So I expected them to do something with that, and they never really did.
0: Well, uh, one uh, one of the things I reasons I guess that didn't bother me as much is that that sort of ties into uh, you know the fact that they are so human like uh, that they have such um, reasonable uh, thoughts and they they can you know imitate a another person so well that you know you obey that person like they're they're the actual officer in your military or whatever um, the. I think that, that that is showing us that um, they are people, right? They are they are people so much that they're exactly mm-hmm. like us. They are us, in fact, at least one Plus branch of them is hot like hot us. They love hot chocolate. They uh, hate coffee and they they love uh, hot chocolate. Yeah, oil.
2: The touch of oil to make it taste like the home. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like home.
0: Oh, that carbon oil. monoxide! Oh, it sounds so great. Excellent.
2: You know. <laughs> mm, delicious i know and i suddenly had this really travelers. polluted idea of planet then yeah
0: <laughs> well you know ozone um, ozone smells also- good and that's that's really a uh, byproduct of a lot of negative stuff so we kind
2: of got it well or pine trees depending on where you live sure east texas not very populated but it's got over the federal allowed amount of ozone because of those dang pine trees
0: Oh, I was going to guess uh, smoke. It was, smells like smoke there now. Well, the fires days. are
2: all going yes. out, right? Holy, yeah. Well, I think they're done. I hope. Tired of walking outside and going, oh, what a great windy day. And then feeling guilty because like, oh, on the other side of Fort Worth, it's burning.
0: It's oh. nice sunsets though, right? Huh? Pretty sunsets.
2: Yeah. Well, that's such a price to pay. Yes. <laughs> Good sunsets. Um, What I thought also was interesting in the way that they made them alien and how they were perceived is not only just the way they imitated people, but the fact that their faces had this permanent, fixed smile on them. And so you kind of got the idea (laughs) that, well, yeah, but since they were imitating people, usually you kind of got the idea that everybody went, "Oh, and they're so friendly too," because at one point they suddenly stop acting like Funch clicks. And, um, I think it's when the questions asked about reproduction or something or, and, and both of them, it's like they suddenly both just looked alien. Those smiling faces looked, you know, flat and alien. And, and, and Rod suddenly felt like, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, it was when they, <laughs> they said, the engineer's sick. And they're like, Oh, what's she doing? And then he told them, they went, Oh, and he goes, suddenly he couldn't tell which one was which anymore. And, the smiles on their faces didn't look like smiles, and that's I was thinking about that. Going, they don't, they didn't communicate with facial gestures the way we do. But if they're talking and sounding the way we do, then it's easy to fool people. Not deliberate, not that they were doing it deliberately, but because they also have that smile.
0: That's uh, yeah. yellow peril as well, by the way, uh, the
2: smile and bowing.
0: Uh, well, I don't think they, I don't think they bowed, did they?
2: No, book? that was the yellow pair.
1: They could turn their sword. whole torso. They had no spine. Yeah, that's true.
0: They're spineless. That was interesting. Those spineless devils.
1: <laughs> Ooh, let's touch the spine. Ooh, look at
2: that. I am going to forget all this as soon as I can because it's going to ruin the book for me. Well, you, you, think, you don't think it's good? I thought that. I'm that not saying was. it's valid. I'm just saying, to me, the book is about meeting the aliens it may it. have had all those other things in it. I just don't care. I don't want them okay. there. You don't want them. You can have them.
0: I, I can see that. <laughs> now now you're deliberately putting on some blinders. <laughs> it's I'm like, going to
2: be hey, stubborn.
0: I'm going to put no, these yellow pair of blinders on. Well,
2: here, Well, for when I read the book, yeah. When you talk okay. about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see even the Cold War thing. I can, see, I can see all kinds of stuff in there now that you're talking about it, but I've never wanted to read that book that way. To me, hmm. the interesting thing is – Encountering the completely alien way of thinking, the alien, really, really alien people, and then the conflict of how do you resolve this. So, that's all.
0: Well, uh, your hey. Skype
1: hey. avatar hey. is very yellow. Huh? That's all I'm saying. Your Skype <laughs> avatar is very yellow.
0: <laughs> She's got a
1: uh,
2: Simpsons, character. Hair. Simpsons character. Well, that's the Simpsons thing. Those yellow-skinned devils. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, I think... It's It was uh, uh, John W. Campbell who said, uh, give me an alien that uh, thinks as well as a man, but not like a man. And uh, I think he didn't really get uh, anybody to do that during his long tenure uh, very well, but mm-hmm. he, he would have been very pleased with uh, Niven, and uh, I guess Burnell as well, because mm-hmm. they, they're pretty alien, pretty alien aliens, but... Um, I, I would still say that they're still, they have a lot of, you know, human, humanness to them. Their biology is different, but they're...
2: They have different. to or we wouldn't care.
1: Uh, if only the humans were more human. They would just human. be
2: the enemy. Yeah. Huh?
1: If only the humans were more human.
2: <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> more like a finch click. <laughs>